Don't ruffle my feathers unless you can afford to replace them. I felt like that was like a little Eartha Kittish of me. Okay, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It may be Thanksgiving this week, but I serve 265 days a year. <laughs> Wait, who's fucked up the calendar aside from Portia? Somebody else did. Didn't oh, someone else do that recently? I think recently because Portia's thing came back around. Right? And in reference to it. Could was have been it Salt, Salt Lake or New Jersey? Angie. Okay. Angie, well, that would, that tracks, <laughs> yeah. honestly. Maybe I'm just by, I'm just looking for a reason. But I, yeah, I'm not sure. When in doubt, Angie K yeah. is typically involved. You guys, it's Andy's Girls. It's episode, I think, 480-ish, but leave me alone. Math is hard. And I'm so excited for an Erev-ish plus a day Thanksgiving episode. This guest just reminded me that Thanksgiving is this week, which I 100% forgot about. So thank you so much for that, uh, which maybe we'll get into. Maybe we won't. Um, welcome back to Andy's Girls Bravoholic, vulture blogger, whose other credits include Vogue, The Cut, and The LA Times, among others, Tom Smythe, or as I love to call him, Tom Smith Smythe. Tom <laughs> Smythe, how are we? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, well, first off, it's days before Thanksgiving. Do you have any plans for this blessed uh, time for whatever it is? Uh, nothing too special. I'm going to go back to my hometown and then I'm going to have Thanksgiving with uh, my somewhat extended family. Where's hometown? Uh, upstate New York, like an hour and a half uh, up, up from the city, which I think some people will uh, be mad at me for calling it upstate. Uh, it's a topic of litigation, what counts as upstate or not. But if I'm down here, it's about an hour and a half north uh, in the Hudson Valley. Oh, and how do you get there? Train? Uh, I'll probably uh, drive. I have uh, a car uh, with me currently, but sometimes I'll take the train. But New Jersey Transit is, which is oddly enough, the way I have to get there, even though it's the wrong state, is terrible. (laughs) So you have a car with you currently. Don't just dangle that carrot. How does that happen? Did you was is it a loner or are we a are we a car person now? Which for any New Yorker, you understand this is a very big fucking deal. It is. It's an, no. It's my. It's a uh, my parents' car, and I for like the holidays when I go back and forth a lot, mm. I have it, and I just am on that alternate side of the street parking grind where I oh just dip down every so often and. Go back, ping pong across the street. Wow, that's crazy. Well, I'm going back to Rhode Island and I don't have a return train back because the trains were so ungodly expensive to return back to New York. Oh, yeah. I guess that's just the premium we pay to mm-hmm. come back home after being home. But um, so I think I'm going to do this thing that I did actually once before, which sounds insane, but is less expensive than taking the train, which is taking like a Lyft or an Uber from East Greenwich, Rhode Island, oh, to wow. the Upper East Side of New York City, it is less <laughs> expensive than taking an Amtrak. I believe that Amtrak is insane. Like sometimes. literally, like, sometimes it's easier to, fl- it's cheaper to fly. I thought than about to flying, yeah. but the cost to get to the airport sort of takes away. Plus, like luggage, it like doesn't make yeah. sense. But it's just nuts right now. So I'm actually hoping that there will be some sort of same day drop in mm-hmm. Amtrak, which I don't know that is a thing that has ever happened ever <laughs> in the in eternity Yet. or history of anything. <laughs> right. They're going to wait for Thanksgiving yeah. weekend to be cool to commuters <laughs> making last minute changes and plans. So um, Cut to you helicopter at home. <laughs> <laughs> which I remember uh, Aaron went on an episode of Jeff Lewis Live recently and they were talking about taking the blade. Is it called Uber oh, Blade or is it just oh, the Blade? Yes, I've seen this. Which is a helicopter, which first off, I would never no. do. I'm not a helicopter person. That's not my love yeah. language. From 
maybe JFK to like whatever little stop it makes in New York could oh, never wow. be me. No. And I guess you save, I don't know, maybe an hour in commuting, but you have to be yeah. in a helicopter to do that. Who wants to do that? Yeah, That's not fun. Re- reward. Truly. I don't get And it's also obviously very expensive, mm-hmm. like a couple hundred dollars, which I would think it would actually be more than that. But maybe I'm thinking yeah. helicopter to the Hamptons. I'm sure they do that too. Yeah, which speaking of, I think that Helicopter the Hamptons thing is something that Bethany Frankel does. Bethany has been in the news, sort of, meaning the streets, meaning social media, because, I mean, maybe I'll get into it on Patreon. We can touch a little bit on it now. But um, so she had announced previously a limited series with Linethia Leakes mm-hmm. and some you know, a couple content creators have noticed, I guess, today that Nini took down one, I, I suppose, of her posts with Bethany announcing a podcast collab, which people are uh, assuming is because Andy said at BravoCon that he um, mm. uh, is op- has his heart open for healing or whatever the fuck the language was. Mm-hmm. And so people are kind of attempting to connect their own dots that that means that nini heard about this and that she's more interested in being open to reconciling with andy versus like what happened with this pod club do you have any perspective on this it's so random it's very i i would be shocked if it was because of the andy thing i don't think i think that if she were trying to i i I feel like she's given no indication that she is also open to that or has any I think she did a little on Carlos King. Oh, okay. I think she did. Oh, actually, yeah, that's right. Um, But I don't think, I feel like she thinks that she holds the cards and I don't think she's like, oh no, Andy's going to be mad. Like I finally am back in his good graces. Now he's going to be mad that I'm doing this thing with, but I I do not imagine her caring about that. I think maybe she, I think it's more likely that it was something with her and Bethany of maybe her Nini didn't like something about their collab. Yeah, the, maybe the behind the scenes of it. Maybe she felt that Bethany was sort of using her for her own agenda, which I think some other mm-hmm. reality people have said post their interviews. But um, I don't know. It doesn't seem to be like that. Bethany is this like uh, uh, figure that you can't like talk to at all if you want to be in with Bravo. Like. Denise Richards just went on, which I was surprised by, and oh, yeah. there was also some dinner that some other Bravo people that Nini was at. Yeah, oh, it was she like, was at. The it t- was like yeah. a weird dinner. Oh, Larsa Pippen was at it. I yeah. think that's the. <laughs> yeah, I'm like that's why I know about it. And but I remember because people were like, "Oh my gosh, Larsa's at this dinner with the like." It was random. The expat, like the people who in Bravo's bad graces. Right. Oh, she gonna get in trouble? Larsa's just wandering through life. She's not. <laughs> she doesn't know where she is. So. But yeah, I don't know how how much it has to do with Andy of it all. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't. I think that if there is some sort of, I think that's one of those things that Nini could see and be like, oh, okay, sure. But I think it has much more to do with whatever collab she had with Bethany, maybe running its course yeah. and not maybe being more limited than Bethany herself thought it would be. I don't. I don't quite know. Or maybe they'll come out with a new episode and she just was archiving posts. Like yeah. it's entirely possible this is a total nothing burger, which is also the glory of being a Bravoholic where yeah. we can just kind of pull strings however we'd like and need to knit ourselves a sweater. R-H-O-A out of their bio. <laughs> oh my God, right. Because now there's rumors that Sonia and Drew are 
maybe no yeah. longer in the cast of Atlanta. What I love the concept of just monitoring those bios and being yeah. like, ladies and gentlemen, they've removed <laughs> hashtag <laughs> Roni from their bio. It's over. <laughs> it is a little bit of a Bravo LinkedIn. I guess it's it, yeah. really the people's LinkedIn when you think about it. <laughs> yes. Is The first step is truly removing it from your Instagram and waiting for the gasp, yeah. which happened. Yeah, I'm, people I'm not, watch. And I'm not surprised by either choice i know that like the ralph of it all people thought she would stay but sweetie like we've been seeing that divorce for a couple years so we don't need to see it come to reality we've been seeing it come to reality for a couple years (laughs) especially when it's no secret that a big big shake-ups on the horizon like first of all are those two yeah that's not they're at the i think less assumed that they will be returning yeah. did you see sonia at uh BravoCon when they asked her about like oh a shake up for the cast she was like i think the cast should stay exactly the same <laughs> i would say the same thing yeah too, if i were sonia yeah, yeah and i love sonia i think she's like really charming and you know delightful and funny and interesting and has been really vulnerable i just mm-hmm. we just need to shake this bad boy up yeah and i really i don't really super have an allegiance to anyone except for i guess like four people (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm all for a big shake up as long as you include like the core cast (laughs) and see what happens from there um listen speaking of shakeups i feel shaken Mm -hmm. by the new episode of potomac which we need to talk about yes we just rewatched the end of it and that conversation with neca and robin and the cuts to wendy's mom I just couldn't. I can't get over how funny Potomac is. And it's like the the non-breaking news of all time is like, spoiler alert, Potomac's really funny. But there's (laughs) something about it that I just feel like needs to be cherished, where it's these Mm -hmm. things that we're talking about that are so loaded and in many ways, like, obviously dramatically negative, but the light emanating from the storytelling, like, gives me peace. Yeah, I could watch Robin react to (laughs) anything for three hours. Watching her in that last conversation, just ooh and ah, like no other, I was... Uh, it's the best to behold. Honestly, this is one of the th- issues that I have with Robin because there's so much that she's doing and behaving. There are ways that she's behaving that I think is so problematic, but that also just might be like choices she's making in her life. Mm-hmm. But the way that she was reacting in that scene, I just couldn't <laughs> yeah. get over it. I thought with it was hot chocolate. so... With her hot chocolate, but also like margarita or whatever <laughs> in a fucking like sippy cup, like <laughs> Tropicana kind of... I just... I, I just can't get enough of it. Mm-hmm. I just... She just... She delivers in that way. She can give really good response face and i appreciate yeah. that about she's her like I a sleeper it. housewife she's Both a what a, like a sleeper housewife yeah. where like you don't realize because she is quite literally sleeping <laughs> <laughs> but also she delivers on those like moments and stuff but. i think it's going to be kind of fascinating to watch this play out i guess next week in the weeks to come but there is something that's so wonderful about someone talking about their cousin-in-law get calling someone's sister-in-law and then a mother getting involved and then like another cousin just when you have the breakdown of like the circles and circles of family members being involved in this it's just it touches me Mm -hmm. i just i find it so i don't know there's something about it where i'm like oh god this is so it's so juicy it's so connected yeah i needed a diagram i needed a diagram like i would for all the editing they do on potomac lately with like all over the map like give me a diagram at least of the family tree so i can visualize 
what extreme lengths we're going here to connect these two. <laughs> and also, it's just so wild because this is truly, it has already become a NECA Wendy issue. But mm-hmm. the issue is Ashley. <laughs> yes. Like now these two women are going to get really upset at each other. They're going to be upset about the ways their family members are behaving or responding or not. Mm-hmm. But it all started with Ashley. Yeah. And then she very promptly cleaned her hands of it and said, (laughs) just kidding. That actually was not true. I'm going to dip out and then (laughs) let the drama continue anyway. She said, so what I think I said was that NECA implied something. I think I said that NECA implied something. And what I meant was she never did. (laughs) How do you go from, I think I said that NECA implied something to she quite literally never implied anything. I pulled it out. Or I guess she's saying like, I misremember. Yeah, she said something like, I think I maybe misled. I think I maybe (laughs) like misconstrued. Like she said something and it was just like, and Wendy reacted to it in such a way that I was like, okay, at least someone is like living in reality yeah. in terms of how funny this is that she's just like, oh, so remember it was the opposite <laughs> that I said. It reminded me of um, on New Jersey when Margaret said, uh, was it Margaret? Yeah, I think Margaret said something about like Jen Aiden's husband or marriage. Mm. And she, within a second, like same scene, same moment goes, you know what? I made that up. It was a lie. I made it up to hurt you and I'm sorry. And it was just, it's like jarring because you're, we're not used to that in Housewives where they they just come to the table and are like, so that, what I just did was actually a lot. Usually you have to wait until the reunion for that. Right. But also for Ashley, it's like she sort of did the reverse of it. She didn't immediately take the words out of, you know, put them back in mm-hmm. her mouth. She decided to film with someone and say, guess what <laughs> happened? Allegedly, maybe, maybe not. And yeah. then filmed with a second person and was like, maybe I need to walk that back. And then a third filming with a group <laughs> scene and said, um, so that thing that I maybe said never happened. I mean, how do mm-hmm. you, how do you take that? Yeah. And back? it was still somehow before she got confronted it was so like drawn out but it was still she still like got ahead of getting confronted about it (laughs) it's it is this kind of like wicked genius yeah because she did her job and she she was able to circumvent the whole well now i have to get confronted for doing this thing she just got ahead of the story and I mean, we'll see how long that lasts if if it doesn't come back to bite her. But so far, it seems like her hands are clean and now it'll just be the two of them. I assume, though, that her intent is going to be challenged. That appears to be what Candace would be hopping on That's immediately. True. She was watching that with glee in her eye Which, at that table. Which, how could you blame oh, her? Yeah. I was watching it with glee in my <laughs> eye. <laughs> what do you think the difference is when it comes to shit stirring between Giselle, for example, and Ashley? Hmm. Because I feel like those, correct me if I'm wrong, but those are to me. And everybody has their own, we're all precious flowers. Like yeah. we all have our own picks for who's the biggest shit stirrer is on Potomac. I would say, maybe some people might argue Karen, but I disagree. I would say historically, consistently, the two biggest shit stirrers are Ashley and then maybe Giselle or Ashley and Giselle. I w- Yeah, I would say Ashley and Giselle. I think that 
it feels more organic with Giselle. So it's Does maybe it? like blink and you miss it. Like you don't, re- you might not realize that she's mm. doing it. It feels a little bit more like manual with Ashley, where you could, we are watching her and we're like, oh, this is the part where she sh- stirs the shit. Meanwhile, it j- it's just such a part of Giselle. Like it almost feels like she'd be doing it, cameras or not. She's just there for the love of the game. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Ashley's like, "Time to clock in, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this." And she does it with like a little bit of hu- humor, like she knows she's doing it, and the camera knows she's doing it, and maybe she's a little more trepidatious, so it's more apparent. But with Giselle, it's just in her bones. I feel like, and yet, I, it's like I don't just agree with it because at the end of the day, they are both honestly Olympians Mm -hmm. but I sort of think that Giselle is more mechanical that she has her eye on the this is how I keep my kind of um champagne flute I I mean apparently (laughs) this is how I keep my champagne flute god forbid we talk about a tequila bottle never again (laughs) but it felt it feels to me a little bit like when Giselle does it it's a little bit cannier and to me a little bit more wooden not to say that she Mm -hmm. isn't honestly like a ballerina at points like she Mm -hmm. can plie like a motherfucker yeah with ashley i feel like it it feels to me i don't know why but there's something about it that feels um more purely about shit stirring that also i'm sure is Mm -hmm. because they both understand the requirements of their job and i think that they execute them well regardless of how you feel honestly about either i think they're Mm -hmm. both really good housewives but with ashley there's just like a different kind of tenor about it maybe she's a little cheekier about it and giselle sometimes is like a little bit more cutting yeah i was gonna say with with ashley it feels lighter yeah and i think cheeky is exactly the right word in how she sort of approaches it and 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 does it and even this the way that she did this recent one which maybe is like an outlier because it is so weird how it came about but it does feel like it has a weird lightness to it even though it's even though the subject matter is i guess about curses (laughs) i mean it's kind of intense yeah but with giselle it's definitely if it can feel ickier i think at times depending on what the situation is also just to say i mean we don't have a lot of clarity yet because we haven't had Mm -hmm. um dr wendy let alone her mom respond but we don't actually know that there was a curse like we're kind of like talking around stuff (laughs) we're getting into some like carlton Mm -hmm. energy stuff of like making assumptions we're just kind of like running with this like very highly dramatic narrative not to say sarah's Sarah's just saying this because she doesn't want to get cursed (laughs) (laughs) don't want to get cursed i really i don't even want to i really don't want even want to bring this up because it's going to affect the recording maybe of this podcast so i'm just like making sure that i did press record before i share this i'm just gonna say this once i've only shared it a couple times because it actually like makes me nervous to talk about Mm -hmm. but there was one day where i was recording with friend of the pod ryan hulian and we were talking about something and being like a little snarky about jill as we as we as we all do Mm -hmm. it's not me it's our (laughs) it's our love language and we were in the middle of like saying something and it was just like cheeky snarky whatever Mm -hmm. and the lights and electricity in my apartment went out. And oh. I could not, we were recording on the people's people's couch, pre-Clawfice, 
I couldn't figure it out what to do. I had to call my super. Ryan is here. We're like not sure how to continue recording. I think we ended up using maybe the electricity went on in the bedroom, but it still wasn't on in the living room. My super had no idea what happened. We still to this was like a couple years ago. We have no idea what took place. We literally had to stop because it mm-hmm. everything went out. And then <laughs> later that day, I swear to God, I swear to God, I went you because you know, so this is leading summer. I went on social later that day. And it was like the anniversary of either Bobby, uh, may his memory be a blessing mm-hmm. passing away or his birthday. Oh my and God. I thought this man. Yeah. And God bless him as well. He should. He should protect his one. But I could. It's never happened since. Never happened again. And I just want to say for the record that I've always wanted Jill to get her apple back. Mm -hmm. And Bobby Zarin, may his memory be a blessing, a legend, a king, a mensch, a prince. But I don't. I don't know what I believe. I I don't know what I. But I do also want to clarify that, like before we go to this weird Mm -hmm. place of you know, talking about what Dr. Wendy's mom may or may not do, which Mm -hmm. is like leading us down this kind of like awkward avenue. We don't actually know what happened on that call. So like the editing being funny versus ignorant. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like we're we're like dancing with the comedy here, but we I don't want to suggest anything um, about Wendy's family that we don't actually know. Mm I can't believe I just mentioned Carlton as a way of trying to support a housewife. <laughs> yes. Meanwhile, Never does that happen. <laughs> <laughs> Ever. <laughs> Carlton, we're just both thinking of Carlton jokes and giving them to ourselves. Um, so circling back, though, mm. to the Ashley of it all, the lawsuit with Michael came up sparingly during the course of this episode. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that lawsuit overall he's i guess suing candace for two million dollars lol for defamation i did a hot google right before we recorded because of something she said alluding to his potential sexuality or affairs or something i guess during an episode which he said was you know very bad for his business reputation mm-hmm. i mean <laughs> as i blink the australian um, restaurant <laughs> <laughs> you know oz whatever is yeah. gonna happen to oz god i for, i from i miss oz the days of oz mm. that was like a lovely yeah. time um what's your what is your kind of thinking on both the lawsuit itself as well as story time storytelling potential but also kind of complications around it so far in the season i'm loving how they're handling that because Mm. the note that they're striking with how much airtime they're giving it perfectly matches my interest level yeah it's not that much i'm not that interested in it especially because there's not so much of it that we're gonna see not much of it's you know there isn't much that'll come from it and ashley is doing a good job at just being like that has nothing to do with me that's that's him he's not on the show uh sure it's going to be something between you know an element to the relationship between her and candace but it doesn't seem like candace is globbing onto it in a way where she's holding ashley to that whole thing i i'm sure but also it's tough to tell because she's holding her to other things so it like can get lost in the sauce but uh, yeah, I'm not like super interested in it, so I'm mm. happy with how they're sort of just 
you know, addressing it, but not digging too deep into it. I feel like they've put Candace in this really uncomfortable corner because she actually can't address it because it's about her behavior, Mm -hmm. you know, through an edited episode, but obviously something that she said on camera. And the ways that I'm sure she's being guided and counseled and advised to talk about it is to not talk about it. And so Ashley then is put in a better position than Candace is And yet Ashley's response is like, well, he won't tell me anything about it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I don't want to fall back to, you know, gender roles and like the idea of like, can you control your spouse? But also if your spouse who you're estranged from and ostensibly getting a divorce from is legally going after and has filed a lawsuit against a coworker, I don't know that him saying I don't want to talk about it is enough of an answer for me. Or maybe Mm -hmm. Ashley has talked to him about it. She doesn't want to mention it on camera, but it just it leaves me feeling a weird kind of way about Ashley. I don't know if that's fair or not, because it's Michael's behavior. But I mean, fuck, man, he's like suing. You can't tell me that he maybe he wouldn't listen to Ashley at all. I don't know. I want to I want to be able to know in my heart that Ashley is protesting this, but I don't know that she is. Yeah, I'm curious. I mean, because they're not on great terms uh with like her and michael i feel like it's an added uh complication to it all because if it if it were her if they were still married for example and he was going after then that's an entirely that's different a great point situation but it's i guess it comes down to if she th- if it's sort of like an enemy of my enemy is my friend situation and if so which way is that going like can her and candace maybe bond over their mutual problems with this guy <laughs> or is she and Michael going are are Ashley and Michael going to bond over their mutual problem with Candace? So it's she's sort of on the fence, and I don't mean Karen. <laughs> <laughs> that's honestly that's a great point, and it is one of those things of like it, 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 this man won't stop fucking with Ashley's job. Mm-hmm. He has made her work really complicated when it comes yeah. to like pushing away camera people or his behavior, mm-hmm. questions about his interactions with members of the cast. Michael has made things really complicated i think for ashley and maybe this is him attempting to in some way some like passive aggressive but i guess aggressive aggressive way maintain a voice in this Mm -hmm. like he still has control when it comes to her show even though he's no longer being filmed seemingly yeah certainly not as her husband Mm -hmm. or as her like partner and spouse there's something about the control in this i was thinking about it purely in terms of trying to control and financially punish candace because even if this is potentially thrown out it's going to cost her a lot of fucking money to defend it and have an attorney involved in whatever the name of the game is at the end of the day he's still getting involved in Mm -hmm. ashley's work in a way that i don't think has ashley in mind. I don't think mm-hmm, it's like necessarily sure. respecting or thinking of Ashley's interests as much it is as it is his own selfish reasons. Yeah. And I think he since the beginning has always been way too into being on the show. Yeah. And I feel like now this is his fix. Yeah. Like he's like, well, I can't be like on camera anymore, but if I do this, they'll still talk about me. And like I feel like because I'm also like it's such a weird thing like I don't want to sue anybody it seems really annoying like I don't see (laughs) the benefit for him that's going to come from it apart from being like 
feeling like, well, I'm, I'm still going to be on everybody's lips on the show and they're going to talk about me and I'm, I'm in the mix somehow. And it's just weird. I just, it, it's very bizarre. It is. And it feels less like, you know, him thinking about going to trial and more like using it as a threat, a way to mm-hmm. intimidate and silence people. Yeah. And for a reality TV show that's about, you know, conflict and conflict resolution to say to someone, you went too far in this. I mean, I don't know that anybody wants anyone else to take a real lens to any other cast members behaviors. Like, do mm-hmm. we really want to go down that route? Because there's things that Ashley has said that I don't know that you could call them um is something that she should be legally liable for. I don't think we should go down that path with anyone. Yeah. There are contracts in place about cast members not being able to sue each other. But I think the exception there is if it's like a criminal activity, this is civil. So mm-hmm. seemingly he's able to do that. I don't know that he signed a contract with Bravo. I don't know that the restrictions placed on cast members extends to their spouses. I would guess not. Um, It just feels like a way for him to utilize his vast resources to intimidate. I wish he was, you know, spending those resources on like spousal support. Yeah. Instead of just like assuming Ashley is assuming, well, if I, you know, don't do well Mm -hmm. or if I flail, he'll be there to you know, protect me versus like, there are better ways for him to be spending his money. But I guess he has just so much money, he can do this, except Mm -hmm. when he's trying to settle his divorce, in which case his money is all tied (laughs) up. It's funny, you know, how you can undo some of those ties Mm -hmm. when Candace is involved. (laughs) Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. Astapro is a first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. It delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Living in New York City is not easy. Just ask Sonia, trying to sell that house. There are so many mornings where I wake up and think, oh my gosh, I'm having the worst cold of my life. And I realize it's actually from allergies. When my nasal allergies flare up, and that happens when the season changes and the temps get a little warmer than they normally are, I use Astapro, and I'm amazed at how fast I'm back in the game. And that game is looking for Dorenda on the Upper East Side. Astapro always has my back and nose. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. With Mother's Day around the corner, are you thinking about a truly special gift for your mom or a maternal figure in your life? Let me tell you about mylifeinabook.com. It's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Pretty cool, right? Here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions you want to ask. Then she can either type up her response or record her voice. And mylifeinabook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. 
And guess what? They can even create an audiobook using her voice recordings. It's like preserving her voice and her stories for eternity. This book becomes a legacy, something you and future generations can treasure forever. Your mom's given you a lifetime of stories. This is your chance to give her a way to share them. I want to know about the stories of how my mom and dad grew up. What's the first thing they remember after they were born? That's one of the questions I sent to my dad after signing up for my life in a book. And I can't think of a greater gift to give my dad in sharing his stories and to receive. It's super easy to use. My favorite part of it, as someone who sometimes lives on turtle time and forgets (laughs) about sending or receiving email, is that they reach out a couple days prior to sending questions just so I know of what questions they're going to send to my dad, if I want to change it for another question or customize it with something that I want to know. It's that kind of specificity and care that I love so much. This is genuinely an incredible, incredible gift. There's no greater present than I could give a family member or a loved one than to participate in this kind of meaningful appreciation for the entirety of their lives, separate from my own. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code ANDYSGIRLS at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom or loved one this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com with code Andy's Girls for 10% off today. And thank the Jills, Aaron, and your life and mine. Conversations around wellness and weight loss can be complicated. There's the Instagram filter we all see on IG and social media, and then IRL. And between $20 smoothies and daily ice baths, everyone is doing the most to hack the health system. But there's a better way. Row. Roe provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Roe to help them lose weight. And you can sign up from the comfort of your own home. No scheduling a doctor's appointment, commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. The Roe Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Of course, medication must be paired with diet and exercise modifications in order to achieve any stated results. Medication cost is not included in the program. Patients must pay for medication separately. With Roe, average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roco slash Girls. You can sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash Girls. Sign up today. I just came back from the salon, and for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. (laughs) Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time (laughs) with 
wet, wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells unbelievable. Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Waze other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy. In the words of Meredith Marks, when it comes to that week, week and a half before my period, I wish I was disengaging. My PMS is off the charts. Truly Uber Eats needs to check in and say, it's about that time, isn't it? I know it is. The cravings are crazy. I want to crawl out of my skin. Now it's easier to manage PMS with Estro Control. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony and Estro Control, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. For AGs who are friends of perimenopause, menopause, or postmenopause, Happy Mammoth has Hormone Harmony. It's not just a supplement for women going through those stages. It's also become a phenomenon. Women can't stop talking about it on social media. A bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ANDYSGIRLS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code ANDYSGIRLS for 15% off today. I'm engaging. Um, the NECA and Wendy of it all, how do you kind of respond to all of that? This like odd sort of Bethany, Kelly, Nini, Phaedra, Mm -hmm. we know each other, we don't know each other. I feel like you're using my name. What what's your kind of thought on that? I was gonna say the same, how it's sort of like this classic housewives trope when they come on. And, you know, I think NECA very clearly is essentially a stranger coming into the cast. Yeah. Quote friends with Ashley. Like Right. LOL. And uh production set up a coffee. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um so I love when a mutual friend is always a producer that you could point to. Um, but I do think that uh, be, even th- though it is, you know, a stranger coming in, I do like when they try to like grasp at straws of like some kind of connection. And I don't think Neko was really like sinking her teeth into anything the way that she's being accused of, of, you know, uh, blowing up her connection to to Wendy. Uh but it entertains me that 
I guess maybe not Wendy, but Wendy's family uh, thinks that she's mm. using that in a way to get her footing on the show. But it it is just such a classic like uh, housewives like entry conflict. Yeah, for like a newbie to to find themselves in this situation. Also, asking what kind of doctor she was when. Oh yeah. And it's like, this is one of those weird, hard things about joining Housewives is you have to pretend that it's not Housewives. And you also have to pretend that you've never heard of these people ever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm sure she knows yeah. what kind of doctor, the form of doctorate that Wendy, Dr. Wendy has. And so is that just to needle with her? Like, mm -hmm. I would think obviously yes, right? Yeah. It just that. I And I feel like that's even come up. I, maybe before with with Dr. Wendy or maybe even somebody else, but it is just such a classic and it's like very, there's something there that, that we're sort of, if it were truly like a clean slate and they truly had just like been at some, a couple right, of the same like parties, right, yeah, right. like it wouldn't be this, whatever right. this is, like that's still TBD, but there is something there. There's some like uh unspoken between at least like the two of them directly yeah uh conflict or s something that rubs each each of them the wrong way yeah uh from day one from the get-go and i'm honestly very into it and yeah. i know that there's been questions about like dr wendy from some people of like should she stay on every season it's a new weird job thing of the bar <laughs> and now we have a talk show that doesn't mm -hmm. make any sense and but you know what this kind of like interpersonal dynamic mm -hmm. intention to me is fascinating and yeah. i am extremely here for it yeah. i'm extremely here for it especially if it stays as a little bit of like a dance mm -hmm. where it's like passive aggressive i'm extremely i'm so into it i Same. can't i can't get enough um also can't believe that pickleball came up when oh. karen mentioned it <laughs> i screamed i cannot believe that we can't get rid of pickleball i just can't believe yeah. it has lived another day in and this and the world. fact that she brought it up by saying have you heard of pickleball <laughs> it's like matt rogers christmas album have you heard of christmas <laughs> have you heard of pickleball <laughs> I love her so Karen is just so good at, I just love she is an institution she is the mm -hmm. grand dame like yeah. there will never be another one like her she there are some people I know this is an unpopular opinion and I don't even know how much I believe it but there are times in which I just selfishly I'm like Skoda style you should have a lifetime appointment like I just think 100%. Karen Huger whether it's full time or friend of mm -hmm. just always needs to be here she should always have a place she's just 100%. so funny it just it i can't imagine it wouldn't work without her it wouldn't work without her meaning it probably would work without her but we don't want it to yeah no <laughs> i don't need to know i don't need to live in a post-karen world i really do not want to live in a post-karen world i do want to shift gears a little bit because you are known renowned beloved in the bravo content creator world for your illustration and your art as milk and don't <laughs> call me honey we are recording right now in the clawfist i'm looking at a an illustration you did of kim kardashian mm -hmm. not bad for a girl with no talent lisa renna is in my bathroom with an illustration um coke in the bathroom i mean there are you are represented well in <laughs> uh in the apartment in in various um ways and i saw that you put up an illustration of the moment of name oh yes yeah from bh from sutton gesticulating mm -hmm. 
with her with her hands and her feels. <laughs> um, that moment has kind of become a moment capital M. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the relationship and or breakdown between Sutton and Kyle? I think they'll be fine, to be honest. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, in that one in particular, like with the name I'm seeing, Kyle hit a breaking point, but it was almost, there were glimmers of her like trying not to laugh almost. I felt. At the the beginning, definitely. At the beginning, definitely. Where she literally, because Kyle lives in reality and I think she recognizes uh, Sutton's uh, uh, the eccentricity uh, of, as I struggle to say <laughs> that word, um, of her as like her producer mind appreciates appreciate Sutton. It's oh my God. It's a happy Monday. Yeah. My happy Monday. And um, so I think that she can kind of maintain that balance where even if Sutton's coming at her, even if she has some conflict or is being, you know, annoyed by it, there's also a part of her that's like a very maybe small uh being like okay lol like name them's kind of funny but (laughs) (laughs) like i I feel that inside of kyle so i don't think that there's any i mean i I, yeah i I feel like and they have a long history she was her landlord like she almost (laughs) set fire to her house they got through that so i don't know i don't think it's going to be anything major but I, i and i and kyle's so good at like bouncing back i think from any non-LVP related like conflict where, you know, Lisa Rinna could destroy her family and she'd be like, well, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> we worked through it. It's okay. There was a moment at the beginning, certainly when Sutton was doing her Erica impression, which I thought was mm. so much. I've watched yeah. it so many times. <laughs> I know everyone's focused on the name them, but it's that other moment oh, yeah, yeah. when she's doing, it just felt to me like, like a Roald doll kind of like, you know what I'm saying? Like this like caricature of a villain. I've seen it on the witches, like, which I can never talk about because that movie scarred me for life. Um, I thought my mom was a witch for years after it, literal years. I wouldn't eat. If she gave me pasta sauce that had basil in it, I would need her to hand the bowl to my father to give to me because otherwise I thought it was poison and I was checking her shoes. So if you've seen the original witches, not Mm -hmm. that bullshit redo that i'll never watch um you guys know what i'm talking about it's the scariest thing you'll ever see as a child or maybe a grown-up um i i think when sutton was having that exaggerated moment Mm -hmm. there was so much pointedness coming out of it i was curious for what sutton's intention in that moment was because i think it led to the rest of the scene and the kind of breakdown in their communication. Like, yeah. did you think that Sutton was looking for Kyle to laugh and say that's Erica and sort of applaud her performance? Or do you think she was just looking for an audience? What do you think her kind of focus was? I think she had a real, uh, you know, complaint about Erica and was mm-hmm. doing it that way. Uh probably more so so that she didn't get uh misunderstood as being like super super serious again the way that she was at magic mike i feel like oh that's interesting yeah i feel like she sort of didn't like the way that that became such a thing so right. she thought well if i'm funny about my real complaint here mm-hmm. then maybe it won't become another th- example that 
can be named. <laughs> That's a good point that it's like she's often accused of being dramatic. So now she's going to heighten that and make yeah. that into a little bit of a joke while yeah. talking about and trying to sort of criticize another person's dramatic movement. Mm -hmm. Tired of drama? Here's some comedy. True. Here's my, and I love when they do impressions of each other. It was so awkward though. <laughs> yeah. Like Kyle's reaction was like, what the fuck is mm -hmm. happening that I think anything that either of them would have said from that point on would have led to conflict because yeah. they were on such opposite sides. And I don't think that Sutton was getting what she was looking for. Yeah. And I mean, Kyle's the master at these impressions. She True. had that whole like, uh, she ran through them all on that vacation once. So to the Chateau. Yes. The yeah. Teddy Joe moment when yeah. we were allowed to laugh at how <laughs> fucking dumb Teddy Joe is yeah. that one time. The walk. The walk. Um, and then it led into this, you don't listen to me, you you don't take my side, you just interrupt and uh, always take up for the person I'm in conflict with, is mm -hmm. what Sutton was arguing to Kyle, and Kyle essentially sitting there in some amount of disbelief or, I guess, denial. Mm -hmm. Do you think that Sutton had a point that Kyle does take up for people? When when Sutton is in conflict with other members of the cast, Kyle will often come in without necessarily knowing the information and take up for a devil's advocate kind of side. Um, I feel like that's probably, that's historically seems to be the case. And I think a big reason why that is the case is because when Sutton is in conflict with somebody, Sutton is like in rare form. Like yeah. she is so over the top, so overwhelmed. Yeah, that it's tough to imagine. I mean, Garcelle does it well, but it's tough to, you know, look at that situation, come in and be like, okay, well, I'm on the the lady losing her mind side. Mm. Like, and by that, I mean Sutton. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like the examples that Kyle did eventually name once Sutton you know, gave her an opening to name those those examples of her being super overdramatic during the conflicts. It I can imagine that it is tough to approach that situation and be like, no, Sutton has a point. Like you kind of have to let it settle and then you could come in with some reason and, and with that. So I, I get where Sutton's coming from, but I think that there's an understandable reason for it too. I was surprised, but I guess, you know, Kyle wasn't saying name them to Sutton, but I was surprised that Sutton didn't reference the scene with Diana because that's the scene that a lot of us yeah. remember with a certain sense of anger uh, and upset for Kyle's behavior. Kyle herself references it when she talks about some of the reasons that she wants to take a break from or stop drinking is because mm -hmm. she didn't like some of the behavior that she was exhibiting IRL and on, on screen and so for Kyle, it's, I mean, I think they're both making points with each other, but the overriding theme of this, the kind of breaking point or breakthrough, depending on how you think about it, that Sutton says in the confessional is like, Kyle is not my friend. She's not going to be my ally. She's not going to support or defend me in the ways that I need. And mm -hmm. sure, do I think at the reunion, they'll come to some sort of happy medium or understanding after three episodes of like raging yeah. at each other. Yes, I do think that that's possible. But also what she's saying is, I think, pretty a pretty long lasting thought, which is that mm -hmm. Kyle is not going to support her and is not necessarily trustworthy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think... Again, I think Sutton's so lucky that Gar Garcelle is on the show. Yeah, she really is. Because they work so well as 
a pair. It's almost like Garcelle is her translator in a way, in the sense that she's able to bridge the gap between Sutton at her most heightened and the rest of the cast and is sort of able to uh, keep things a little more cohesive between that discre- like but between that parody I think which I I assume that a lot of members of the cast if not all of the members of the cast agree with noting that Dorit then uses that mm-hmm. uses Garcelle's friendship as a way to punish Garcelle for not calming Sutton enough yeah which I think is uh, coming from a place of arrogance from Dorit to assume that another person has to be responsible for quieting someone else's upset and like how well does that work for anyone in Dorit Probably not. It's like saying that yeah. Kyle's responsible for Dorit to use three less words. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know how well that's going to necessarily go over. And yeah. also, is that Kyle's responsibility? Mm-hmm. Dorit, like, looks at Garcelle, I think, as someone who's supposed to be responsible for Sun's behavior, which I think is sort of unacceptable. Yeah, it's 100% not fair. And, but that is exactly how that is like the burden that. Garcelle bears right which in is a un- weird way yeah. yeah which is unfair and you know I thought Dorit's behavior in the most recent episode was like completely bonkers to me but mm-hmm. Sutton's I mean man I don't know how to make heads or tails of this and how they move <laughs> forward maybe they'll maybe the next episode will be them just kind and them meaning um Sutton and Kyle just kind of like side eyeing each other it doesn't mm-hmm. seem like this is gonna end in the best place for them. I don't think it's, I think it's probably going to continue, especially when more focus is on Kyle's marriage. Mm -hmm. I wonder how um, things will shift when the newbie comes in. Uh, Because I could see that changing things in the sense of like, if they feel like, okay, we have to really sit with this conflict between us because that's, you know, the show right now. But if someone else comes in and shakes things up and the dynamic changes, I could see them in a good way, not belaboring the point too much and not lingering on things uh, excessively. But I do think it's, I'm surely going to be there in some way. And I don't know. So I don't follow anything relating to casting until essentially that person, we see them in upcoming episodes. So apologies, because I do not remember the name of the new Mm -hmm. housewife. But I know that she has conflict with Crystal because we've seen that in the trailers for the season. So I'm I'm curious to see how the new housewife, what her relationships are with other members of the cast. And the thing with Beverly Hills that kind of fucks it up often is there will be the focus on one person's tension, like the tension between two LOL friends mm-hmm. and everyone else's reactions to that. And that will be the season. Yes, and that yeah, can yeah. be frustrating because it's just one note. We mm-hmm. don't really Panty need. Gate. Right. We don't want one note. We need like more of a symphony. Yeah. So if we have new housewife and Crystal, Sutton and Kyle, maybe Garcelle and Dorit, Erica and... I actually don't even think that Erica's really in it with anybody. Erica and herself. (laughs) Erica and herself. Erica and sometimes her responses. But if we have a couple different things happening at once versus different chapters in the season, but more tension. But that is, to me, much more interesting to watch. Mm -hmm. I think it delivers a much more successful season, which I think that they could be doing right now. Yeah. It's entirely possible. That's why I love a bigger cast. Yes. Anytime they're like, oh, it's a five-person cast, no. I like, lose my mind. Only on New Jersey, maybe. 
Yeah, because past seasons of New Jersey. Past seasons of New past Jersey because New Jersey. with every one they bring four additional 100%. cast members to the table yes. in their family. <laughs> so that's why that worked. That's exactly but it. yeah, it's so I'm I'm I, I yeah, I'm interested to see what this newbie's like. I I, ha- I don't want to judge too much based off of the like things that you hear leading up. I'm I, I'm looking forward to just seeing for myself on the show. Yeah. I really don't know a lot about what I haven't really like heard anything about what this season is going to be about, which I think Lisa Rinna hasn't leaked it to the press. The (laughs) thing is that Lisa Rinna, this is one of the benefits to Lisa Rinna not being on the show is that we get to be actively surprised unless you follow a ton of content creators who are focused on sharing, which they have every right to like people are interested. But um, there's something to be said for the fact that the conversation isn't over and over and over again about what we're going to watch in an upcoming episode. It's not about like, here's the tea. Mm-hmm. We get to watch the tea be spilled or sipped. Yeah. Um, Shifting gears a little bit, it does remind me about some of the like page six and other coverage of Salt Lake. When the women were maybe filming still or well before there was a trailer, I had read stuff about how Whitney was going to be like maybe estranged from the group. Hmm. And I reacted with a certain level of upset because I thought Lisa Barlow, you don't understand, like Heather and Meredith did not have a good reunion. Now they're just going to kind of like see you as allies and sidle up to you because of your, you know, Mm -hmm. affection from a certain... um, a number of audience members that like because you're seen as being in good favor Mm -hmm. because people like watching you on tv regardless of whether or not they agree with your behavior other cast members who maybe need to do some reputational repairment are going to do that and now whitney's going to be isolated so i was really not thrilled with that happening and then i started to watch the season i was like (laughs) oh my god i totally i'm so into all of this i love heather and lisa repairing like oh same it feels really organic to me i I know that's crazy when talking about the season of salt lake but like i'm here for it i really am same that's one one of my favorite things about this season is um lisa and heather uh aka leather um <laughs> and seeing them come together oh no oh no um but yeah and that's why with like lisa's uh uh son going on this mission trip as soon as that came up i was so excited mm. but also nervous because mm. i knew that that was that could be make or break for yeah. for for her and heather and uh, in I, I've been recapping Salt Lake and my biggest for vulture, for vulture, big deal, big um, deal. And I keep coming back to, you know, typically those recaps hopefully are funny, but I get so sentimental talking about Lisa and Heather and the the Mormonism thing of it all because I uh, I read Bad Mormon because I uh, uh, t- talked to Heather about it and I. That paragraph that she read at her book signing about uh, seeing a missionary in the airport, um, that part of the book kind of stayed with, like, I remembered that part very, very well. And it, I kept thinking about it um, at the beginning of the season when when Jack and his mission trip came up, because I just kept thinking, like, Lisa, I get all of their different perspectives and why Lisa's trepidatious about it, but after reading that i was like oh heather's such a good person to be looped in on this like she's not she's had a bad experience but she's not like 
negative towards it. Like she has this nostalgia in a way and she has this. So finally, we're getting to see that they came to this great place. And I was so, so excited that she read that part from the book um, at that book event that Lisa wrapped at. And um, and Lisa got to hear it and they had that really, really sweet moment um, over it because I, in a weird way, I know they're on different sides of <laughs> Mormonism, but I felt that this was like the perfect uh, storm for them to come together over it. And it felt real. And it was like yeah. one of those moments where they were both open to hearing the other person. I think if they had said the same thing to each other two seasons ago, it wouldn't have gone over. Like mm-hmm. they wouldn't have been able to yeah. like trust each other because there's such a defensiveness and protectiveness over each other's experience or each other's like truth that Heather and, and also because of Heather's experience, it's hard to grapple with the idea of whether or not Lisa's representation of her Mormon religion mm-hmm. is possible in Heather's reality. And Lisa's reality is like, I don't, I'm not held by the same cultural standards and community standards that you were, but that doesn't mean that my reality isn't also my truth. And it's like, mm-hmm. they couldn't understand each other's experiences because they're so diametrically opposed. But yeah. to see them look at each other and say to each other, like, I believe that you went through what you went through. I believe that what you are going through, you are going through. And we don't need to disrespect each other's lives, essentially. And mm-hmm. like for Heather, her trauma. And the fact that Lisa fucking like did a song and like did oh, a performance yeah. was, a. I think that was huge especially mm-hmm. because lisa is still a member of the church of latter-day saints like i to yeah. me i thought that was like a big fucking deal yeah and it's so it was almost jarring to hear them talk about that like over the course of the past few episodes because i'm like they're so like dropped into their emotions and they're expertly sharing how they yeah. feel and why they feel it in a way that i don't think i've ever seen on bravo because Typically, that's everybody's Achilles heels is like, they'll feel a certain way, but they can't express that in a productive way. But they just laid it out very, very clearly, very reasonably and and heard each other in that same, you know, reasonable way. And it just was, it couldn't have gone better. Yeah. And with the Heather being upset that Lisa didn't tell her about Jack's mission, I think from Heather's perspective, her hurt was like, you know what I've experienced. You know, I've also done a mission. Why don't you want to hear? Why wouldn't I be the first person that you ask? Because I will have a lot of information on what that experience was like for me. And Lisa's perspective is like, I know that you have a lot of Mm -hmm. opinions about this. I just want to protect my son. And I don't want him to maybe get in any trouble. And I also don't necessarily feel that the information that you've gone through is what Jack is going to go through. Mm -hmm. And I think that is like, you're living like right on the line there. It's like right on the edge, especially when you're dealing with religion, when you're dealing with identity and culture and community yeah. and the idea of a person leaving and what 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 it is that they left, the reality of what it is that they left and another person staying in their community and there being some like crossover. Mm-hmm. I think that can that's really fucking tough. Like I understood Heather's hurt. I absolutely understood Lisa, which is not whether or not I agree with it, I understood Lisa's perspective of like, I need to protect my son. Yeah. And our lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like, this is, and you're doing this on TV. 
Yeah. And there's such a fucking pressure on optics. I mean, this is this is like really kind of intense stuff that we're watching play out. And the fact that both of these women seem to be like open to each other and less wary is genuinely to me a credit to them both. Yeah. And phenomenal television. Just Phenomenal. So deep. And yeah. so like... It just goes so far past the show. It's it's yeah. such a deep, both linearly, like all of this played out for mm-hmm. over the course of so long, but it's also internally very deep in the sense yeah. that like this, like you were saying, identity and community and all of that, and now bringing it to the table, thankfully, in a way that they're both uh, able to do mm. in, a, in a really productive way. The Salt Lake reunion is also filming today. Yeah, as we, I, that's where I came from. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, th- first off, do you think Mary's going to be there? That's a great question. Um, I'm just going to Bravo's. We're yeah, recording we this Monday afternoon. I just want to see if they've posted anything. I would say maybe 60% no, 40% yes. Wow. Wouldn't it be wild if she didn't show up when she was full time, but she um, did show up when she was like a friend of? That's true. <laughs> so, um, listen, she's there. Oh, they wow. posted four minutes ago. This always happens while I'm recording, <laughs> yeah. and I just want to again Breaking shout out news. Jill Zarin and Bobby Zarin. <laughs> yeah. We love them both. Okay, so we have from house left to house right. We have Whitney, then Meredith. Then Monica. So Monica, wow, Monica Monica's gets seat next first, to Andy. First chair, first chair. Looks like the Philharmonic. She got first chair violin. <laughs> and then Andrew's in the middle. Then Heather, mm-hmm. Lisa Barlow, Angie Kay, and Mary. And I really can't get past the fact that this, I just went in it four minutes ago and posted. <laughs> so Mary wow. will be there. And it's, and they're putting this because I assume she is quite literally on set. So yeah. I'm surprised that. They didn't make Angie K wait outside. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, Monica being first chair, it could have. That's huge. something. Do you think that Lisa should have been next to Andy? Or do you think that because of the rumors that we've heard about something fucking going down with Monica and Heather, and also their like lawsuits, that it makes sense that Heather's there? Or maybe that doesn't even have a, a, a place in this. I think. Yeah, I think it makes sense. I mean, based on that trailer thing alone, I think it makes sense that uh, Heather's there, even though we don't really know why, but mm. we're, we've been assured that something, there is some reason. Uh, and then even beyond that, I do think that this season, maybe not even so much conflict-wise, but just it. I feel like it is a Heather-heavy season where they're like, hey, this is yeah. our main character. Um, so in that sense, I feel almost like a Kyle uh Wow. First chair seat, you know? Really? Well, more so in the sense that, like, they always put Kyle first chair just because she's the main one, even if her conflict isn't, like, the biggest. She's seen as the face of the franchise, exactly. even if she's not, like, the yeah. queen. And, yeah. And I feel like this season, Heather is kind of, like, they're, like, safety Kyle, like, mm-hmm. main person mm-hmm. uh, for now. So I could sort of, like, I, I didn't really, I wasn't shocked by that. But I am, I was much more surprised by Monica even though on paper that all makes sense, it's just the first year thing that I'm like, oh, wow, big leagues. So how are we feeling about Monica? I saw a tweet from uh, Sam uh, Greisman that said he thinks that Monica is uh, more TLC than Bravo. <laughs> and 
Ever since I saw that, which I thought was brilliant. Sam, come on, Andy's girls. Oh, my God. I was like, that's it. That's exactly (laughs) how I feel, where I'm just like, it does feel like these separate vignettes that we get in the middle of an episode, like Mr. Mr. Noodle on Sesame Street, like where we're like, oh, this is Sesame Street. Uh, Let's take a break from the real show and talk to Mr. Noodle for like... (laughs) 10 minutes and then get back to the show. It's like Linda and Monica's little sideshow in the middle. What network is, is Sister Wives on? Is that TLC? Um, Yes, I believe that's TLC. Yeah. Okay, because I've seen it on Max, but we know that Max is yes, the sunken place. Yeah, they get um all of TLC stuff now, okay, which is great. Um, so do we think that Monica is TLC or do we think that Monica, do we think Monica in her entirety on the show so far is TLC or do we think that it's like the Monica mom dynamic is TLC or Monica's mom is TLC? Monica's mom is definitely TLC. Uh, honestly, Monica's mom is the lady who calls into QVC. It's a whole separate (laughs) thing. But I do think Monica and her, her mom, that's like the real TLC like combo of it all and then Monica on her own maybe a little bit just because you know that that mom dynamic kind of trickles down into mm-hmm. her solo scene I think her solo scenes definitely feel that way um it does feel a little bit like 90 day at times wow um, I've never seen it but yeah damn it's I don't know if people will agree but that's I I could see that um Amongst the group, though, like with with in the rest, you know, when she's with the rest of the housewives, it's less noticeable. It's less like jarring for me. I could, you know, it's it's a passable uh, addition with her in the in the bunch. It doesn't seem like so much of an outlier. Is TLC energy bad energy to have on Bravo? Um, is it is it an identity or a critique? I could see it as a critique. I think that it's, um. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't even know if I would say it's bad because I have so much love for TLC, of course. But <laughs> but, um, but it, it's it's out of place, I think. Do you? I think a little bit, but it's not. I don't want to say too firmly that it's like a condemnation of the of the two of them being on the show because I am very entertained by it. But I do worry, uh, if it has legs, like, like how long that this mother daughter thing can last. It feels at times too performed. Which I don't know. Do you agree or do you not? Um, okay. So at, I, there was something I wanted to say in the last Andy Scrolls, but mm-hmm. I was like a little hesitant and like genuinely was like, I don't know that I want to say this out loud mm-hmm. because it's one of those things of like, I don't want to deny the reality of a of a potentially very real fractured relationship. Yes. I'm not saying that. But what I did say was like, let's shift to the Patreon. <laughs> so Dylan and I... Um, over the weekend did a Patreon because mm-hmm. I was like, here's the thing that I need to talk about, but like we need to keep it like a hundred, yeah. which is that that fucking scene, which I watched again today before you came over, caduce um, to me, that scene with Monica and her kids and her mom mm-hmm. and her daughter's expressions yeah, and the stuff with her mom just felt very produced. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how much of that. I always feel like that's like the thing that people say is a write off to like, say, well, none of this is real, so whatever. That's not what I'm saying. But mm-hmm. there is an element of this that does feel performed that opens up a door yeah. to how much of this 
genuinely is like some sort of weird dynamic of I understand what I am doing to contribute to my daughter's job, which doesn't mean that they don't really have a ton of issues with Mm -hmm. each other. But it is to say that there's some sort of expectation that both of them have about how this is supposed to play. A hundred percent, especially with the therapy stuff, especially where they have that whole conversation and then they get to, they, it feels like they were given, um, or not even given, I think they came up with it themselves. I think they have like a Christopher Guest, uh, like yeah. sheet of paper Curve where it's not enthusiasm. a script. It's yeah, not exactly. a script. But They're it just has keywords. the points that you have to hit. And right. I think, okay, well now I think we should go to therapy. For me, it was like, and this is how this our story continues. Mm. This is how for Linda, because Linda shows up to every scene like lights, camera, and me without a stitch of makeup. Like, <laughs> here I am, world. <laughs> let's let's go. And I think that a lot of that scene, she was there to perform. But also, like, I'm not saying it's like fake. Performing and being fake are two different things. Like, I think it could be very real. It could real also be three different conflict. things. It could it, be performative. Yeah. It could, there could be an element yeah. here of them, like, yada, yada. Yeah, it's like very just aware that they're, you know, making television. Uh, even if it's the realest thing in the world, they're still very... Uh, acutely aware that they're making television. I think that that scene with the car drop-off was a prime example where Linda pulls up, fully mic'd, obviously, Mm. uh, drops off the car to close out that that storyline, to put a button on that, and then she meets her outside, which I was confused about, and then the the making her walk home especially was it felt like you know when you're watching a sitcom and the credits roll and then there's the button at the end where they have this little th- like the little like oh you can walk home and then the shot of her being like oh it was like hey wouldn't it be funny if we did this like that's what it felt like to me and then ld millionaire as she's known on x <laughs> yes. later tweeted which is what i will call it um and said that production wouldn't in her words, production wouldn't drive her back. They said it was a liability issue, which I'm like, <laughs> I don't know that that's ever been a thing yeah. ever on earth. Maybe production was like, we don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we don't. <laughs> I mean, maybe production was like, we're still filming. So if you want yeah, to be. get an Uber, you can do that right now. But we're not yeah. done calling the scene yet. It, it just like, it feels a little bit like a Venn diagram of, you know, it can be filming and and putting on a show for the sake of that versus having real estrangement and history of everything else and then somewhere where you're meeting in the middle which is not too because sometimes this conversation can be so triggering because people find it's representative of their own histories and experiences and it's like you can't say that elements of this are fake because then my history with my estranged Mm -hmm. parents are elements of this are fake, which i get there's lord knows triggers can come from all sorts of things and also, there's also the idea of like feelings are not fact necessarily. And yeah. a person can feel a certain way, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's the truth of what we are specifically talking about, which is really specifically about Monica and her mom. It's not about anyone else's dynamic or understanding, but there is a genuine criticism that's come out of the Bravo audience that's like elements of this feel like a lot. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's it's interesting how much attention is put on her relationship with her mom instead of like the fucking affair. 
Yeah. I mean, that's a, a really great thing about Monica is she brings so much. She brings so much. Great casting. It great really casting. Is, yeah. And um, I mean, I saw it. I think it was BravoCon where uh, Andy had mentioned that they were thinking about bringing her into the mix last season. And I'm like, mm. Oof, I would have been so interested to see that would have been insane her and jen shaw share a space oh my God, that because been insane. you know we have the whole backstory i want to see the prequel now yeah um but in 10 years <laughs> or, or six ten, actually oh, yeah, now it's five and to, a half yeah, yeah. i don't even know uh, it'll be here before we know it <laughs> Fortunately. um but uh yeah i feel it's great casting she brings an enormous amount to the table i do think so much of it is really compelling because so much of it does feel really real yeah um but they're also, you know, and this isn't always a bad thing. They are super aware that they're making a television show. And some people on, on these shows are super aware and they they do it fantastically and it feels organic and natural and it doesn't. And some people are too aware and it feels too, uh, you know, constructed or uh, what have you. And I think that there are definitely moments of that that kind of bleed through when it comes to uh monica and her mom both choosing to deliberately bring their a game uh and by a game i mean like their conflict in its most heightened form to the cameras and that's also the trap of being on housewives because mm-hmm. it's like the biggest one of the biggest insults and lord knows there's mm-hmm. there are many but one of the biggest insults that a fan for example can um level at a housewife is you're not being real this is all fake it's all scripted yeah. and it's you know, you are too aware that you're being filmed. But the flip side to that to me is like, of course, they know that they're being filmed. That's, Mm -hmm. that's the whole point of this, right? Like there needs to be a certain level of consistency in not shying away from the camera, for example, except for those moments that we treasure when Mm -hmm. someone's like throwing off their mic pack. (laughs) Yes, I don't know how it seems like such a delicate balance between being hyper aware of the camera and having that influence a certain pattern of behavior, attempting to make that consistent versus at a certain point being so accustomed to it and feeling so much of the pressure of the heat of what's actually being filmed that that becomes the thing. I don't know that you could ever not be aware that there's a camera Mm -hmm. there. It just depends on how you use it. Yeah, it's such a tightrope walk. And I think it all comes down to not what anybody's actions are, but just how talented the the uh respective cast member is at walking that tightrope because i think there are there are people who probably walk that tightrope much more in in a much more like constructed way but they're mm-hmm. just so good at it that we don't even know and they you know are really great at it and then there are people who might you know produce very very small things but they just have no poker face so we can you know clock it right away um so i think it just comes down it's like an unspoken uh or ideally unseen skill for a housewife to have is walking that tightrope and i think the cast right now it seems like from what we are hearing that they've all kind of united and not wanting to fuck with monica for reasons relating to maybe the lawsuits or whatever happens on the bahamas trip or maybe other stuff that there seems to be a real um apprehension or dislike of sort of being in the same room with her. She was mm-hmm. certainly off on an island by herself for a lot of BravoCon seemingly and certainly a lot of press that they did during BravoCon. And you know, yet I remember those pieces that I read about Whitney being the one who was isolated. So now I'm wondering maybe there's a certain level of 
isolation with Whitney and members of the cast, or maybe that's no longer the thing. Maybe mm-hmm. Monica has become that thing, which I think it's going to be tough. I mean, this fucking dynamic with Heather is so fascinating about these goddamn lawsuits because then it's like next season, yeah. Heather is not going to want to be anywhere near her. I am very into watching how that plays out. Yeah, I want to see Heather like really have a strong dislike of someone and not let that go. I don't want Heather to let the mouse go. I think that Mm -hmm. is fascinating. Yeah. And I I think it's so promising that they have the two of them at first chair at the reunion up against each other. I think that's a good sign of things to come on that front for sure. Yeah. I don't think any of these people are going anywhere. I mean, the only person, I guess, maybe Mary, but she's not full time. So what can a person say? Yeah. And the whole like Angie K Lisa of it all. I mean, mm. I don't know. Also, it's this seating chart is kind of weird because I guess it makes sense. The Meredith seating is odd because Meredith is sort of opposite of both Lisa and Angie. And sometimes the opposition is supposed to imply some level of animosity, mm-hmm. but maybe it's it's also about you know, the alliance and like, who's going to sit next to Monica at the end of the day. I don't know that anyone really makes sense except for maybe Angie, but obviously that's a pretty close seat for (laughs) Angie K. Like it's, it's, that's a tough dynamic to kind of play out because if, if people really genuinely don't want to fuck with Monica right now, I don't know who you seat next to her. And then Whitney's all there sort of by herself. I mean, next to Meredith, but also kind of alone. Yeah, it's a weird. See, it's gonna be a. I think it's gonna be a really strong. Also, the headshot of Andy's really funny. It's gonna be a really strong reunion. Do you think that? Oh my god, do you think that Linda's gonna be there? How could she not? I could. Yeah, I could definitely see. I mean, I I could see it also depending on how the rest of the season plays out, um, with her because if they reach the closure that they, or whatever ahead of time, maybe it doesn't make sense, or maybe Bravo also. I mean, I, I actually don't know if there's one like uh, definitive like fan response to whether or not people are sick of that or are still into it or whatever. Oh, I think they're going to want to see it. Yeah. So I, I don't know. That'll be interesting. But I do you know, I really want to see um, Linda and Mary team up for anything. Just the two of them. <laughs> that would be. In the same room is is worth I can't. Uh, it's almost like two different worlds. But I think Mary and anyone is two different. I think we've seen <laughs> that true. play out yeah. when someone's like, Mary, come have a sandwich. And she thinks that the way that they're saying that to her is too casual. And yeah. it's obviously an insult. Like, yeah. I'm not I, about what you said in my book. All the all the nice things. <laughs> yep. It's not true. <laughs> She's saying I'm not bougie. And you're sitting there. I mean. Yeah. In your Whoville chairs. It's just there's a lot going on in that house. Yeah. And and Heather's doing her level best to try because it is a delicate dance when you're around Mary. She is very um, attuned to her own interpretation of what words mean. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's spot on, honestly. And sometimes it's not. And it's like you can't even she's a hard person to joke with Mm -hmm. uh, if the joke involves in any way like light humor around her so i thought heather honestly did a bang up job with that because that's 
That's real tough. But LD Millionaire is mm-hmm. obviously, I mean, seems like she loves the spotlight. This is really probably unfair, but I can't get over the fact that she went to Emerson College. I can't get over <laughs> it. It's like, it's the number one, it is the number one college comedy school in the country. It was certainly on my top list. I did not get it. Um, but they, it's it's an excellent, excellent school. But mm-hmm. just like the fact that she went to school for, I assume, performance. I mean, I would imagine, life's a play yeah. and we're all the leading role. Yeah. And she went to New York to pursue some dreams. Right. So I need to know what that was. And I think that Monica has said, I know that she said this in real time that they're not speaking, which Mm -hmm. I 100, like this whole idea of playing things up for the camera does not mean that there isn't a huge estrangement and difficulty and breakdown in their relationship. Like that seems very, very apparent. I We're not saying, I'm not saying, I believe that you are not saying Mm -hmm. um, that they're like, Colin cut and then going to get Manny <laughs> yeah, Petty. No, like we're not. we're truly not saying that. But I also wonder when you open the door to this person being on the show and being part of a storyline, yeah. how do you close that door? Because if I was mm-hmm. Monica, I would be like, I don't want her to get a single set. But then it's also you. This yeah. is part of your. This is a big part of your storyline yeah. right now. And I think she knows it's good. I think that if there were no cameras whatsoever, I think it would be more a traditional estrangement maybe like it is now now that cameras are down where they're like yeah we're not talking right i think when cameras went up she was like well i actually have this really great like made for tv crazy lady in my back pocket (laughs) that i can call up and put myself through for three months and both of them you know are kind of entertaining one another because of the cameras and then cameras go down and you know back into that estrangement terror territory so it's interesting, but I, I want to know what Linda's reunion look would be. Um, I do want to know what Linda's reunion yeah, look would be. I pants. hope it's Burberry. I hope it's a Burberry <laughs> Jack. And also, yeah. I do want to know how her Twitter handle came to be LD Millionaire. Oh, that's true. Goal setting or something? I, something, yeah. Fascinating. She's a she's a pickle. She's a pickle. Yeah. It's it's. I think this reunion is going to be great. I can't stop saying that. And Salt Lake City is delivering in a way right now that it's just completely unexpected. It's completely unexpected. Listen, I could talk to you all day, but I think we're going to mention it all about some other stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Tom Smith Smythe, can you tell the AGs a little bit about Milk and Don't Call Me Honey, Mm -hmm. where folks can read your writing, recap, and otherwise, all that and more? Follow you on social. Yep. So Milk and Don't Call Me Honey is an Instagram account. So. Basically, it's a parody of Milk and uh, milk and Honey. So it's like Ruby Cower style poems, but it's all housewives quotes and illustrations. We're staring at yours of Kim K, which yeah. I love so much. And um, uh, there's also an Etsy shop for prints. And uh, I can also be found on uh, my real accounts uh, at Tom underscore Smythe underscore on Instagram and Twitter. I also just have to say, I know that I have said this before multiple times on Andy's Girls, but if you are looking for a Christmas, Hanukkah, holiday gift for somebody, these the prints are so, so good. And my thing with like Bravo designs is it needs to fit like the aesthetic that mm-hmm. it's sitting in. It shouldn't just be like, this is funny because we know the joke, but it mm. kind of looks not great. I could not more highly recommend these because I literally have them throughout my apartment and they're so they're like nice to look at, which is important. <laughs> Maybe that's not everybody's number one priority. But for me, it is. I want something that fits within other um, forms of art, which this certainly does. So I can't more highly recommend it. Also, they're very, very budget friendly. So what you can do is order the print and then I have been known 
maybe myself to go to Target or Prime <laughs> and get a very, very budget-friendly frame that comes with a mat, and then you're like good to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so couldn't more highly recommend it. Thank Great you. gift, especially after the holidays. Speaking of the holidays, I know that this week can be difficult for any number of reasons. I am certainly uh, a member of that train as well, not to be mistaken for the ones spoken about on Real Housewives of Orange County. But um, <laughs> just to say that it can be a very difficult time. There's sometimes the expectation of holidays bringing with it only the good and not the challenging. So um, just wanted to put out there that um, regardless of how you celebrate Thanksgiving, if in fact you do, um, and with the holidays coming up, that you are not alone. And um, if the holidays can be triggering for you or difficult, uh, know that there are other people who are also experiencing um, aspects of the same. And hopefully AG or whatever you choose can be some sort of outlet or escape from that in in a different way of connecting. Speaking of connections, you can follow me on Instagram at Dame Galley as well as threads, which I need to I need to thread. I need to thread that needle um, now and again. And join the Andy Scrolls Patreon, number one way to support the pod to get exclusive bonus episodes and so much more at patreon.com slash Andy Scrolls. That long uh, waited for solo Patreon app is up now as well as the deep dive with Dylan Hafer that I mentioned earlier in the episode. And there's this thing called um, buy me a coffee that content creators have up where you can support content creation, whether it's podcasting or art or (laughs) the art of podcasting or uh, writing or whatever else. So I have a um, buy me a coffee up, um, which is linked in the show notes if you um, would like to support this gal over here. Um, Listen, Tom Smith-Smythe, I got to tell you, I spent the weekend in bed sleeping, not doing anything, just feeling exhausted and sad about the world and where we are and everything else. And I'm so thankful to you for kind of getting me out of that for um, 75 minutes. <laughs> and also to the AGs for listening to this podcast, because it's the thing that I am uh, so happy and um, privileged to do. And uh, oftentimes, hopefully, it's an escape for some of you guys listening. It's also an escape for me and just um, being able to close the door, even though the door to the office is quite literally open, um, close <laughs> the door on some other stuff or, or just bring a sense of curiosity and connection, even if it's just for 75 minutes, one to three times a week, depending on what's going on in my (laughs) life. Um, And so I just want to thank you guys, you know, with Thanksgiving on the mind and the holidays and everything else for supporting this sassy social experiment and listening and um, agreeing or not, uh, but noting that the most important thing is, in fact, not that it is the conversation that surrounds Um, so thanks to all of you happy Thanksgiving and um, my god what a this this episode was not a turkey (laughs) not at all it was whatever I'm stuffed (laughs) is what I will say to that on that note guys thanks so much again and we will chat soon bye bye